This is Patricia welcoming you to the 2222nd edition of the Enfield Talking Newspaper. Dateline 13th of February 2020. The readers this week are Catherine, Roz, Romany, Patricia, with Dem on the controls. The editing was by Team B and production and distribution is by Keith. Our title music is Country Rock Polka, composed by Pat Prilly, Fernand Bouillon and Harry Brewer. It's performed by Jean-Jacques Perry and used with his kind permission. The local stories that we'll be reading come from the Enfield Independent and Enfield Dispatch under their copyright. The lead story this week, Man Jailed for Brutal Attack on Elderly Woman. Um... Before the news, though, uh, we have the sunset and sunrise times for the week beginning Monday the 17th of February. These are sunrise, 7.11am, and sunset, 5.18pm. Do get in touch with us to share your own news and special announcements. We love to hear from you. If you have any comments about the Enfield Talking newspaper, please phone Diane de Jersey on 020-8805-6578. She is your listener's representative and would be pleased to help you. And now, Catherine will read the first item of local news. Man jailed for brutal attack on elderly woman. A murderer who sexually assaulted and killed an 89-year-old woman in her home has been jailed. Rhys Dempster, 23, from Tottenham, has been jailed for life with a minimum term of 34 years on February the 6th at the Old Bailey after he burgled a house and killed an old woman. Dempster made his way into widow Dorothy Walmer's home in Tottenham while she was asleep between August the 3rd and 4th in 2019 where he attacked her both sexually and physically before stealing two bottles of alcohol and her purse. Hours later, he confessed his involvement and told a witness... I only got a hundred quid. It wasn't even worth it. Mrs. Woolmer was left with catastrophic injuries, including multiple fractures and head injuries. Her friend and sister found her dead the following morning as they came to drop over some groceries. Dempster was arrested in Tottenham on August the 5th. He was sentenced for burglary, murder and two counts of sexual assault. He admitted to burglary at an earlier hearing and pleaded guilty to the other counts three days into his trial. Kristen Katsouris from the CPS said this was a brutal attack on a vulnerable and innocent elderly lady in her own home where she should have been safe. Dempster uh, claimed to not remember what happened and to have blacked out due to excessive alcohol and drug consumption, but the overwhelming prosecution evidence against him meant that he admitted the truth that his vile actions were deliberate and planned. This was an incredibly difficult and heartbreaking case and nothing can bring Mrs Woolmer back. Our thoughts remain with her family and friends. In a statement, Dorothy's family said Dot was a wonderful, full of life, beautiful woman. She was a sister, wife, auntie and dear friend to many. She was independent and was so full of life. Family was everything to her and she was everything to us. The events surrounding Dot's death have brought extreme amounts of heartache and stress to our entire family. She was taken from us in such a cruel way. We are thankful for all the support we have received thus far. And we are finally able to start grieving for the loss of such a wonderful human being. There isn't a member of the family that hasn't been severely affected by what's happened to Dot. We ask that you respect this difficult time for us and allow us to grieve as a family together. Plans for extra floors on top of flats rejected. People living in a suburban block of flats hit out at plans to build extra floors on top of their properties. Residents of Avalon Close in Highlands warned the scheme, designed to create eight more flats, would affect their privacy, light and outlook, as well as put their health and well-being at risk. Officers from Enfield Council had recommended giving the green light to an application submitted according to to council documents, by Mr Oskan Hassan to add a part third, part fourth floor to the existing blocks. 
they said the council had already approved a similar scheme at nearby Hansart Way, so it would be hard to justify turning down the current application. But on Tuesday, 4th of Feb, the planning committee threw out the plans after hearing objections from neighbours who stood to be affected by the scheme. Avalon Close resident Joe Kerner told councillors, the submitted plans will result will result in the removal of our bathroom windows and increased noise from new neighbours alongside and above our properties. The sighting of the windows and walls alongside our homes and balconies will be such that our light, outlook and privacy will be compromised. Approving these plans would remove all of the reasons roof residents chose to purchase their properties. I asked the committee... How would you feel if someone decided they would build on top of your home and all around it, removing your view, privacy, quiet, light, even your bathroom window? Ms Kernot added, residents' health and well-being would be put at risk by the construction work, which would create noise, dust and pollution. Another resident, Sally Mantle, said, Residents, particularly those close to the living wage, are seriously worried about any increase in service charges resulting from additional maintenance costs. Can the council, in all conscience, price people out of their own homes? The nature of the planning application and its process has already caused the residents considerable anxiety. Approval would result in physical, mental and economic distress. The application would normally have been decided by the council officers but was referred to the planning committee by Highlands Ward, Highlands Ward Conservative councillors Joanne Laban, Lee David Saunders and Glynis Vince. Councillor David Saunders reiterated the concerns of residents and told the meeting the finished scheme would look more suited in a town centre than the suburban Highlands neighbourhood. Committee Chairman Councillor Mahmoud Aksanoglu, who's from Labour Southbury, called for a representative of the applicant to speak in support of the plans, but no one did so. Daughter's praise for care home staff. A grieving daughter has praised a care home and its nurses for the wonderful care they gave her late mother, Dr Marion Cahern died on December the 14th last year, aged 86, and the widow had been cared for by the carers and nurses on Hanover Unit at Elizabeth Lodge in Enfield since February the 1st. Dr Cahern had been cared for at Blake Court Sheltered Housing Complex in Newsom Drive, Enfield, after her husband died in June 18, and she moved to Elizabeth Lodge after falling acutely ill and becoming too immobile to be cared for at home. Her daughter Rachel Child said, They were always incredibly welcoming and ready to help in any way we needed. The home manager, the administrative staff, the nurses and the carers were outstanding in their service to us as well as to mum. And when mum was dying, I was there a great deal. The carers and nurses on Hanover Unit, where mum was residing, were just wonderful making sure that I was fed and watered too, whether day or night. They felt like family to me and they welcomed all family members kindly and never made us feel in any way when they needed to attend any way in the way when they needed to attend to mum. The Hanover nurses and carers were the main source of day-to-day care. They should be paid much more and be appreciated much more for what they do for society. The care that mum received was wonderful And as a family, we are deeply thankful for all those who worked incredibly hard to look after her and to enable her last days to be full of love and dignity. Miss Chard said Elizabeth Lodge provided her mother with everything she needed, including personal care, medical care, entertainment, company, kindness and spiritual care through regular small church services. Elizabeth Lodge provides personalised residential nursing and respite care for older people 
as well as dementia care and compassionate end-of-life care. It is part of the organisation Care UK, which is one of the largest providers of residential care for older people in the UK. Supermarket could open new store. A new Lidl store could be coming to Enfield. The food retailer confirmed it is exploring options to open a new Enfield outlet after councillors approved a plan to divide the former Toys R Us store at Enfield Retail Park on the A10 into two separate units. At a meeting of Enfield Council's planning committee on Tuesday, February the 4th, a council officer said the larger unit has already been earmarked for Lidl, with the smaller space earmarked for a large electronic goods retailer. Lidl later said in a statement, We're in the process of exploring various options to bring a new Lidl store to Enfield and look forward to sharing any firm plans with the community as soon as we're in a position to do so. The council officer admitted there were concerns the plans could lead to increased congestion and delays with vehicles circling around the car park looking for parking spaces. But, he said, the retailer could occupy the site regardless of whether the current application was approved, leading to the same issues. Andrew Corrin, planner at Lambert Smith Hampton, told the meeting, The closure of Toys R Us in 2018 has brought many challenges to the administrators and applicant, especially in a retail sector that is clearly distressed with little investment in recent years. Therefore, the success of securing two tenants should be seen as a positive. He added... Little have confirmed their occupation of one of the units. It's part of their expansion throughout Enfield in the south. In June last year, Little revealed plans to invest £500 million in London over the next five years. Students' fears over mouldy flat. A university student says she fears for her health after having to put up with a persistent mould problem in her council flat. Ida Kilich says she has suffered from breathing problems and allergic reactions caused by damp and mould at the flat in Gainsborough House near the A10 in Bushill Park. The 23-year-old who studies teaching at the University of Hertfordshire says she has lived in the building since 2015, but despite complaining to Enfield Council, its housing repairs team has not been able to stop the problem from coming back again and again. Ms Killich said, if you walk into my house, you can't breathe. It smells disgusting. I've had to throw so much of my furniture in the bin and even my laminated floor is coming off. I moved in in February 2015. The problems have always been there. I've had allergic reactions. I keep sneezing and coughing. I've had really bad stomach pains. My studies are being affected. Ms Killich said she had recently suffered a chest infection. She said the council had told, had told her to use a storage heater to keep the flat warm, but she could not afford to keep it running long enough to deal with the problem. I'm a student, Miss Killidge said. My loan goes on my rent, council tax and electricity bill. She added that the repairs team could not stop the problem from recurring. They just clean the mould, put in a stain blocker and paint over it, she said. Miss Killich said someone from the repairs team told her that the problem could not be fixed without more extensive work being carried out in the building. She added that other people in the block are experiencing similar problems with mould. An Enfield Council spokesperson said only two of the 88 flats in Gainsborough House have reported issues with damp and mould in the past 12 months and this particular incident has been dealt with by our repairs team. We will, however, be contacting this resident directly to advise again on ventilation and heating her home. Stalker made false reports. A cunning and sinister stalker who made malicious reports about his bullies and their families have been jailed. Resentful, in inverted commas, Afzal Mir tormented his targets, including a, crim- a criminal barrister, a head teacher, and NHS staff, by bombarding them with intimidating voicemails and emails which included death threats. 
Snaresbrook Crown Court heard that Mia came to the attention of officers in Enfield around June 2018 when a vast number of high-risk intelligence reports were coming into the borough. The 33-year-old, who frequently diverted police away from actual crimes by making fake reports about his bullies, had emailed the headteacher of an Enfield school about his desire to shut down and sanction the school. The headteacher stated that staff were anxious and scared of the defendant and what he might do in the future. Mia also tormented a criminal barrister, leaving him feeling vulnerable and frightened. Two NHS staff also also received abusive emails and letters, as well as phone calls from Mia where he threatened to kill them. Mia was sentenced on Thursday, February 6th to six years in jail, where he was also handed a 10-year restraining order. He was also convicted of seven counts of stalking and one count of breaching a criminal behaviour order in brackets CBO and a restraining order in December. Mia had been given a restraining order in 2015 after posting soiled toilet paper to his neighbours in Enfield, according to the Evening Standard. The dangerous individual later fled to Belfast to escape the jurisdiction of his CBO, but was tracked down and extradited, the Met said. There are no stalking offences in Northern Ireland, just harassment offences. Investigating Officer Sergeant Jonathan Brandman said, Afsal Mir is an incredibly cunning and sinister individual who has taken great pleasure in making his victims feel vulnerable and frightened. The fact that he fled to Northern Ireland to escape his CBO and knew that there was no such offence shows how dangerous this individual is. In court for another incident, Mia also submitted forged police and prosecution documents to the judge in an attempt to dupe the court into handing him a less severe sentence, the force added. Detective Constable David Tate from Scotland Yard's Stalking Threat Assessment Centre said, Mia is what we would call a resentful stalker, someone who feels as though they have been mistreated or that they are the victim of some form of injustice or humiliation and they want to exact revenge or even the score. New care home gets green light. A specialist care home designed to help older people live independently for longer has won planning permission. Ridden Court Extra Care Home in Cosgrove Close, Winchmore Hill, will provide 91 homes for affordable rent in blocks up to four storeys high. The self-contained flats, which will be mainly one-bedroom units, will come equipped with a kitchen, bathroom and living space. They will be built around a courtyard featuring trees, communal tables and chairs, and even a patank ball game, game court. Care workers will be available on site around the clock in case any of the residents need assistance and the home is designed to help people live healthy and active lives while allowing them to keep their links to the local community. There will be 25 car parking spaces including five disabled bays as well as cycle parking and storage space for mobility scooters. The old two-storey Reardon Court nursing home, which was closed in 2016, will be knocked down to make way for the new, larger building. Councillors backed the scheme at a meeting of the planning committee on Tuesday the 4th of February, and Enfield Council received just four objections to the plans, including from people living in nearby Carpenter Gardens, which will be overlooked by the development. Innes Kirby who lives in Carpenter Gardens, told the meeting that while she and her neighbours were not opposed to the principle of a care home, the proposed development would be too high and block out sunlight from their gardens. She added, Our gardens and back bedrooms will be overlooked, and it is uncomfortable thinking we could not use them without the possibility of someone watching. Miss Kirby claimed, It would be an ugly building and completely without architectural harmony. But Akram Hamouda, associate architect at Pick Everard, 
defended the plans. He said, In terms of daylight and overshadowing, an assessment has been done and it is compliant with building research establishment requirements. There will be no significant impact on all the daylight you are going to have on your gardens. It will still be 80%. As for the quality of the design, the northern edge is three storeys, not four, and it is something intrus- It is some- not something intrusive. It is a natural material and will fit into the context of the surrounding buildings. The extra care home will cater for people with physical and mental health conditions, including dementia, As demand for this type of accommodation is set to rise, the borough's population of over 65 is growing more rapidly than the England average. There are currently 1,435 people over the age of 65 in specialist accommodation in the borough of Enfield, and this is projected to rise to more than 2,000 people by 2030. The scheme is expected to save the council around £740,000 per year on care placements and at the meeting nine councillors voted in favour of the plans with just one abstaining. Financial fears, misunderstanding. Fears raised on social media over Enfield Council's finances are based on a misunderstanding despite a report warning of a deficit and significant risks. A report by the Council's external auditor, BDO, says there is a risk that the Council may not be financially sustainable in the medium term. It says the Council is forecasting an £8.9 million deficit in 2019-20, which is a deterioration in financial performance compared to the original forecast of break-even. The report flags up eight significant risks to the Council – including the 10,000-home Meridian Water Regeneration Scheme, alongside two normal risks. But at a meeting of the Audit and Risk Management Committee last month, councillors were told fears over the council's finances, raised by people commenting on the report in a Facebook group, were based on a misunderstanding. Faye Hammond, the council's Executive Director of Resources, said, On social media... There have been inaccurate or misleading reports around our financial position. I don't think people who have read it understand the report properly. What they've done is misinterpreted the auditor's comments to say we're in a financially difficult position. I wanted to make it absolutely clear that we are in a financially sustainable and robust position and the council is effectively financially managed. David Eagles, audit partner at BDO, said, This is a risk assessment. It is not a conclusion about where we think you are. It is just saying the areas we need to look at. It was also pointed out that although service service overspend is 8.9 million, the Council's quarter two report list also listed underspends in corporate and contingency, meaning its actual deficit was £5.9 million. But Charis Gunwardena, a Labour councillor on the committee, pointed out the report said the council may not be financially viable over the medium term. That is still quite worrying, he said. That is important for us to understand a bit more. If there are those risks, over the next five years, there's a savings gap of £66 million. Dinah Barry, another Labour committee member, said she felt alarmed when she read the report and called for clarification for members of the public. To be told it is not an accurate interpretation. It is not an interpretation. It is written down in black and white. Committee Vice Chair Tim Lever said, This is a document produced by our auditors. It identifies the risks and anything that has been in the public domain on social media has been taken utterly out of context. I think the more fundamental question we should be asking is, is this plan deliverable and will we get the audit on time? Equal Marriage Appeal Winchmore Hill United Reformed Church wants to become the first mainstream Christian church in Enfield to host same-sex marriages. The church in Compton Road announced its intention to host gay marriages, which have been legal for six years, but it's appealing for money to improve its facilities to the standards required. 
At present, it is unregistered for any type of marriage. Reverend Melanie Smith said, We believe in a church that welcomes all and that same-sex couples are blessings to their communities. We have a strong sense that our community would love to see our church host equal marriages and would be willing to help achieve our fundraising target. If you would like to donate at, uh, to this uh, to this appeal, the Equal Marriage Appeal, you need to go to the Just Giving page at justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash and then all one word, love and equal marriage. Raising Awareness of Cancer Free cancer session, sorry, free cancer awareness sessions are now available for community groups, writes Emma Fridgen from Health Watch Enfield. Do you currently organise or attend a community group in Enfield or deliver services to local residents? If you think people in your group would be interested in hearing about how they can reduce their risk of getting cancer, get in touch and book in your group for one of our three Talk Cancer Awareness Sessions. Our fully trained facilitators can visit groups of five or more to deliver a one-hour session to help your members learn how to reduce their risk of getting cancer, learn why early diagnosis is important and learn about the NHS screening programmes. At the beginning of 2019, we spoke to more than 600 of you about your knowledge of cancer awareness. Half of you told us that you wanted to learn more about prevention awareness through face-to-face events in Enfield. We listened to your feedback. These sessions are the result. Last year, we worked alongside Enfield Council and Cancer Research to develop our Talk Cancer programme and deliver interactive cancer awareness sessions within the local community, just like you asked. Over the last few months, we have travelled across the borough hosting talk cancer sessions and have been attending local community groups and social groups to help Enfield residents learn more about how to reduce their risk of cancer, the importance of early diagnosis and make sure that they understand the value of the cancer screening programmes the NHS currently provides. Feedback on our sessions so far has been positive, with almost all attendees reporting that the session helped them learn more about cancer, while also giving them the opportunity to ask questions and dispel any myths that they may have about cancer. This year we want to make sure that all local community organisations in Enfield have the opportunity to attend a talk cancer session. So don't miss out. Book your session today. Dates are available until May 2020 and our fully trained facilitators will adapt our session to the needs of your group. For more information about booking a talk cancer session, call 020-8373-6283 or email admin at healthwatchenfield, that's all one word, And here's an article um, about the Enfield Over 50s from the Enfield Over 50s Forum President Monty Meth on why the group has launched a new campaign for fairer funding. It's called We Declare This Unfair. Faced with continued underfunding of our health education, local authority and public services, Enfield Over 50s Forum has launched a cross-party, multi-faith, Enfield Declaration for Fairer Funding campaign. We are asking prominent local community leaders to join us in endorsing this declaration. We want to ensure that Enfield is not forgotten in the promised spending spree directed at the Midlands and North following December's general election. The declaration is directed primarily at the Prime Minister, the Secretary of State for Health and Social Care, Secretary of State for Housing, Communities and Local Government, plus the Chief Secretary to the Treasury. They will be pressed before the upcoming budget in March to honour a promise, given last year to the Forum, that future funding will be decided in a fair, robust and evidence-based way. 
that pledge followed the one given in 2018 by Rishi Sunak MP when, as Minister for Local Government, he promised that the issues raised by the Forum's fairer funding petition, signed by 10,000 Enfield residents, will be looked at closely. Now that Rishi has been promoted to the role of Chief Secretary to the Treasury, we think he is in a stronger position to see that the specific funding issues raised by the Forum will be honoured. Signatories wish to draw attention to the, gross, to the grossly unfair and continuous underfunding of the borough by successive governments and their statutory services because it does not take absolute levels of need into account and updated evidence-based data is excluded. Enfield is perpetually underfunded. Persistent but remedial health inequalities between us and other North London boroughs continue. For example... Compared with our £47 per head of Enfield's growing population, the average public health grant for 2019-20 across all London boroughs is £73 per head. This gap between Enfield's public health allocation and the London average has increased from £24 to £26, despite ministers in 2015 telling Enfield MPs that we were 13.6% underfunded. Why has Enfield's public health grant been cut by £446,000 this year to 47 per head, while Islington receives £103 per head, Camden £100, Haringey £69 and Kensington and Chelsea £130. Having been subject to spending cuts since 2010 of some £180 million, our council services face pressures as never before. So now is the time to make our voices heard. Let's declare loud and clear that Enfield needs a fair funding deal from government. And I must point out uh, on this reading that since this article was published, Chief Secretary Rishi Sunak has now been promoted to Chancellor of the Exchequer. So we wish them all the best there. We'll get things done, probably. <laughs> Licence law. Enfield Council has moved to help private sector tenants living in poor conditions by forcing landlords to obtain licences. Council has voted through plans to introduce a selective licensing scheme in 14 wards, plus a scheme for homes in multiple occupancy across Enfield. They hope the policy will raise housing conditions as the private rented sector now makes up a third of households. George Sava, Cabinet Member for Licensing, said the Council will intervene to improve tenants' quality of life, tackling deprivation and driving up housing standards. Licences will cost £600 per, per property for a selective licence and £900 for a multi-occupation licence for up to five years. Penalties include fines up to £30,000. Stop. A new bus stop at Chase Farm Hospital is improving access to public transport for patients, visitors and staff. Previously, the W8 and W9 buses stopped a quarter of a mile from the newly rebuilt hospital entrance, but they now stop only a few metres away. A patient shuttle service that had been in operation to help transport people to the hospital has now ceased. And here are three short articles. Uh, first one is planting power. The Rotary Club of Edmonton is donating 8,000 purple crocus corms for planting in local parks and schools. The flowers have become a symbol of the worldwide campaign to end polio, a preventable disease that still threatens children in parts of the world today. Three quarters of the donated crocuses are set to be planted at Jubilee Park, while the remainder are going to Forty Hall Primary School. Club President, Club President Pat Clark said, Our aim is to raise public awareness and help educate our children and finally eradicate this terrible disease. Since Rotary and its partners launched the Global Polio Eradication Initiative 30 years ago, the incidence of polio has plummeted by more than 99.9%, from about 350,000 cases a year to just 37 cases in 2016. 
Rotary has also committed to raising $50 million per year over the next two years in support of global, global polio eradication efforts. Visit endpolio.org for more information. My next one is Martin's MBE, the former chairman of Enterprise Enfield, Martin Jewell, was made an MBE in the New Year's Honours List, recognising his services to business startups and charities in Enfield. Martin played a fundamental part in setting up Enterprise Enfield and served as a director and chairman of its board on a voluntary basis for over 30 years, retiring only recently. Des Johnson, Enterprise Enfield's chief executive, said, We are deeply grateful to Martin for the exceptional work he has undertaken. He has added value to many people's lives and helped them achieve their potential. And the last article is Armed Forces Play. And this is a new play telling the story of Armed Forces personnel and their families and is coming to Enfield. The man who left is not the man who came home will be performed at the Dugdale Centre on Saturday, February the 29th. Chloe has bright hopes for her future with Ashley, but those hopes are overshadowed by imminent challenges because Ashley is in the armed forces and is due to be deployed on operations abroad. Behind closed doors, there's tenderness and humour, but as the day of Ashley's departure comes ever closer, their confrontation multiply. Kevin Dyer's new play is the product of over a hundred interviews with soldiers and their wives, each where secrets and regrets have been shared. And this will be at the Dugdale Centre, 39 London Road, Enfield, on Saturday, February the 29th at 7.30pm. For details, ring 020-8807-6680 or email Centre at, um, at dugdalecentre.co.uk Diverse advert wins £500,000 prize. A company offering nude coloured hosiery and underwear for people of colour has won a City Hall prize for diverse advertising. Nubian Skin will receive £500,000 worth of advertising space on the Transport for London network, including tube stations and bus stops. The competition, now in its second year, aims to promote ads that reflect London's black and minority ethnic communities. 40% of Londoners are from minority ethnic backgrounds, but 60% of adverts still feature white models only. And around a third of black and minority ethnic people think representations they see of themselves are inaccurate, according to a 2018 study by Lloyds Bank. City Hall competition aims to shift that balance and praise Nubian skin for the inclusive range of ages and body types in its campaign. Deputy Mayor for Social Integration, Debbie Weeks-Barnard, said she was delighted with the competition's winning entry. Aid Hassan, founder and chief executive of Nubian Skin, said it was an honour to win. She said, As a small London-based business, it is incredible to know that we will be featured across the TFL system. This campaign is so important to me because I feel advertising has a one-dimensional view of what blackness means and this allows us to give a broader snapshot of what people being black means to different people. Thugs accused of threatening footballer. Two thugs threatened to kill Arsenal footballer Mesut Ozil and his security guard outside the German star's £9 million North London home, a court heard last week. The incident is alleged to have happened shortly after the £300,000 a week Herman International midfielder stepped up security at his Highgate mansion following a terrifying attack on his car, the court was told. Salaman Ekinji of Tottenham and Ferhat Erkun of Highgate, both 27, deny using threatening, abusive or insulting behaviour to harass security guard Kemil Cesar last August. The two defendants are accused of swearing in Turkish at the guard, also saying they would have sex with his mother and the footballer's mother. Sarah Gabby, prosecuting, told Highgate, Highgate 
Highbury Magistrates Court that Mr Caesar had been working outside the footballer's mansion with another guard, Sardant Guldican, on August the 8th last year. She said, It's the Crown's case that at 8pm that evening, the defendants were spotted walking past. Mr Guldican's attention was drawn to them. One of them was staring at them. There was a conversation and the defendants walked off. At 10.35pm later that night, the complainant and the other guard were in a car outside the address. Both defendants were swearing at security guards and using abusive language against Mr Ozil. Mr Erkun further said he had come back in five minutes to kill the security guards and also Mr Ozil. The defendants then ran down the road. They called police, who came and left. After midnight, the defendants came back and the security guards detained them while police were called. At interview, they denied using the language against them and said there had been no conversation between them. They said they had been attacked by the security guards. Mr Cesar, giving evidence through a Turkish interpreter, said he'd started guarding the footballer three weeks before the altercation. He said, They were drunk, so I really don't, don't know what they were saying. Initially, we waited for them to go away. I waited for them to come closer, and then I had my dog take them out in order to protect ourselves. They were carrying carrier bags, and we didn't know what was in the bags. I really can't remember what he said. Mr Ozil himself came in, came out and saw what was going on. I was stressed because Mr Ozil is loved by the Turkish people. We have a responsibility to protect him. The trial continues. And now for some football news locally. Enfield bounced back to beat Bogner in playoff chase. Second half goals from Lewis Taffer and Ken Charles moved Enfield Town above opponents Bognor Regis Town after a 2-0 win in the Isthmian Premier Division. After conceding four goals in the first half at Hornchurch the previous week, Town managed to get to the break unscathed in Saturday's game. Tarfi then opened the scoring with a tap-in at the back post before Charles fired home from the edge of the box with two minutes to go. Town started on the front foot straight away, signalling their intent with an early effort from Lyle Delaverdi that was blocked following a swift build-up. Sean Okje was the next to test Bogner keeper Amadou Tangara, making space for himself on the edge of the box before seeing his low effort saved. Town continued to have the bulk of the possession and the chances, but Billy Bricknell was unable to seize upon a poor thrown in from Ashton Lee, shooting wide of the target. All of the hard work Enfield put in during the first half was almost undone when Mark Weatherstone's header, back towards Nathan MacDonald, sold the goalkeeper short. But visiting forward... Bradley Leithbridge was unable to latch onto the ball before McDonald gathered. Similarly to how they started the first half, Enfield were straight at it after the break. This time, though, their early endeavour was rewarded with a goal. Just two minutes after kick-off, good set-up play from Oki Jay led to Bricknell receiving the ball out on the right and his low cross found Tarfi at the far post and he controlled the awkward bouncing ball before poking past Tangara. Soon after, the roles were reversed when Town came forward again, as this time it was Tarfer who delivered for Bricknell. But after taking a deflection, his shot was superbly tipped over the bar. Bricknell was denied again on 65 minutes as Enfield continued to rain down on the Bognor Regis goal. McDonald's long goal kick fell right to his feet, but the onrushing Tangara did well to block his strike. The visiting keeper was doing his utmost to keep the scores down and keep his side in the game, and he frustrated the hosts once more when substitute Junior Mbia saw his effort tipped around the post just minutes after coming on. Bogner had a few half chances of their own, but both Leithbridge and Mason Walsh blazed their attempts high and wide. Having been left frustrated by a valiant goalkeeping performance, Enfield finally broke through again as substitute Charles beat two men on the edge of the area before finishing low to the goalkeeper's right to wrap up the points. The win 
puts town two points ahead of Bognor Regis in the table and four adrift of the playoffs in seventh place. Town, who were at home to lose on Saturday, were due to play East Thurrock United on Tuesday, but parts of the ground suffered damage during Storm Clara, so the game was postponed. Borough and New Salamis not wins. Enfield Borough centre-back Frank Chandler scored a hat-trick as they ran out as 4-0, sorry, 4-1 winners away from Hillingdon Borough in the Spartan South Midlands League Division 1. Borough were looking to bounce back from their Middlesex Premier Cup exit at the hands of Pitchsanger Dynamo last week and put themselves in a comfortable position at 3-0 thanks to Chandler who had scored only once in his previous 71 games for the club before Saturday. His opener came when he headed home from Malachi Peinado Pert's corner and he made it two from Sucru Yildiz's cross. The hat-trick was completed when Kofi Apaya's effort was spilled straight into his path to finish before Peinado Pitt added the fourth and Harriet pulled one back from Hillidon, for Hillingdon. Elsewhere, New Salamis moved up in t- up to two sorry, elsewhere New Salamis moved up to second in Division One after a two 0 win away at Winslow United, who they replace in that position. Salamis got their noses in front early in the second half when Charlie Georgiou was fouled in the area and he stepped up to convert. The visitors wrapped it up late on when Harrison Georgiou raced through and finished impressively past the goalkeeper. Inspirational coach wins national award. A running coach has been awarded the British Citizen Award for his services to the community. Vinod Patel from Enfield was recognised at the Palace of Westminster on Thursday, January the 23rd, as an exceptional individual who has had a positive impact on the community. Mr Patel, 72, has been coaching local runners in Enfield for the past 40 years, free of charge. He believes everyone should be given the opportunity to reach their full potential, so started his own group called Freedom Runners. He devotes much of his time to putting together individual training schedules for people running in competitive races, but also provides programmes for those with smaller goals. Mr Patel coaches groups of runners of all ages, sizes, nationalities and abilities, and he encourages all members of the group to include friends and family. His medal presentation was hosted at the House of Lords by TV's Michael Underwood, who, together with Dame Mary Perkins, co-founder of Specsavers, is a patron of the British Citizen Award, which was established in 2015. Mr Battelle was presented with his medal by Wendy Pretton, who's managing director of sponsors Places for People Homes, who said... The British Citizen Awards shine a spotlight on those who are inspirational and who are, communi- and who, who are community-based and make a difference in improving the lives of others. It is an utter privilege for places of people to have been a supporter since its formation in 2015. I was delighted to present Vinod with his award after hearing about his dedication to coaching and ensuring the local community can access first-class training, enjoying keeping fit and making social connections. His efforts are truly admirable and he thoroughly deserves his recognition. Now we have a couple of letters. and The first is from Alex Rodriguez and it's about expensive school uniform. And Alex writes, I've just received a call from Kingsmead, my son's school, telling me my son was excluded from lessons because he was wearing non-school trousers. He was certainly wearing school uniform trousers. They just didn't have a crown, which is the school logo on the waist. I did buy two trousers with the school logo in September, but my son has grown out of these. I spent £70 on these trousers, plus I had to have to amend them as well, but... It was an extra cost. I've been made redundant now and can't afford this expense. 
I now will have to apply to school if I have a have difficult financial situation, but there's not much more they can do. My son needs to wear a £35 pair of trousers. How ridiculous is this? Families must be struggling to eat, let alone to keep up with this school demand. And uh, the next letter is from uh, Carolyn Davidge, uh, the Interim Chief, Sec- Chief Executive of the British Heart Foundation, and it's about nominating a heart hero. The British Heart Foundation, BHF, will host its third National Heart Hero Awards ceremony this year. Our event last year was a, fanta- was a fantastic and emotional night, which celebrated winners and nominees from different walks of life and from every part of the UK. They range from inspirational children to remarkable fundraisers and heroic individuals who stepped up to save a, the life of a stranger using CPR. Each winner and nominee shared a spirit that embodies all that is best about the UK. We know there are many more unsung heart heroes out there and we want to shine a light on their selfless achievements. This will help the BHF raise awareness of the need for continued funding to bring new hope to the 7 million people in the UK who are living with conditions such as stroke, coronary heart disease, vascular dementia and diabetes. And that's why we're calling on your readers, that's you, to make a valuable nomination for the Heart Hero Awards 2020. A heart hero can be anyone from a nurse or doctor working in the field of heart disease to a young person with heart disease that has shown incredible courage and determination. Those shortlisted will be invited to a glitzy awards ceremony in London in September when the winners will be announced. There are three categories open for public nominations. My Healthcare Hero, Inspiration and Young Heart Hero Award. That's for the under-18s. To find out more about the categories or to make a nomination, visit the website, which is www.bhf.org.uk slash heartheroes. Entries close on Saturday the 29th of February. February. We wish everyone the best of luck with their entries. Teen banned from football matches after chanting racist abuse. A teenage football fan has been banned from attending matches after chanting racist abuse. The 17-year-old AFC Bournemouth fan, who cannot be named for legal reasons, pleaded guilty at Highbury Magistrates Court to indecent racial chanting during a match between Tottenham Hotspur and Bournemouth on November 30th, 2019, at White Hart Lane. Being sentenced on February 4th, the teenager was given a three-year football banning order and ordered to pay a £55 fine and £21 surcharge. Inspector Matt Ashmead from the Met's Public Order Investigation Team said, We take all reports of racism very seriously and, as this case demonstrates, we'll take robust action against those who are found to have committed these kinds of crimes during football matches. The vast majority of fans obey the law and neither they nor the players should have to listen to any kind of abuse. We are committed to working closely with clubs to identify anyone acting against the law and would ask anyone who sees or hears this type of behaviour to come forward to stewards or police. Tube improvements would be like an entirely new service. New signalling on the Piccadilly line is the number one priority for Transport for London, in brackets TfL, according to the network's boss. London Transport Commissioner Mike Brown said the increase to capacity would be like an entirely new service in London. Modern signalling allows more trains and a more reliable service on underground lines, meaning the Piccadilly line could run every 90 seconds. TfL has already commissioned 94 new trains to replace the 50-year-old rolling stock on the line, with the first expected in 2023. Their design will allow 12% more passengers to board, but it could be boosted by 60% with a more regular service. 
that would allow 21,000 more passengers to use the line every hour. The two sorry the 2.45 billion the 2.45 billion pound signaling upgrade was shelved in 2018 as TfL tightened the purse strings in an effort to cut its de- deficit. Labour Assembly member Joanne McCartney, who represents Enfield and Haringey, said the difference between the Piccadilly and Victoria lines was now very stark. She said it would be completely bonkers if the new trains ran on the line for years without a signalling upgrade. Ms McCartney said, For my part of North London, this is our main route into Heathrow, the UK's biggest airport, and it's also the most affordable route. The Piccadilly line carries more people to Heathrow than any other train to any other airport anywhere in the world. And Mr Brown said that this transport link meant improving the line was a slam dunk. He said, even when we get the Elizabeth line serving Heathrow directly from the city, the West End and Canary Wharf, there will be an absolute absolute imperative to ensure the Piccadilly line is fit for purpose. He added, we really have to remind people the tube upgrade isn't complete. But Conservative Assembly member Tony Arbour, who represents Hounslow, Kingston and Richmond, said changes to the Piccadilly line were the most extraordinary dream for commuters at Turnham Green Station in Chiswick. Piccadilly line trains only stop at the station during the early morning and late evening on weekdays. A more regular service would require modern signalling, but other work at the station would also be required. And here's an inspirational letter by author Sita Brakamari. It's about supporting World Book Day. Reading opened wide world portals for me in my own childhood. It allowed my imagination to soar and to travel to places beyond whatever situation I found myself in. Reading is a great equaliser. It inspires us to meet our fellow humans, to understand, to empathise and enter landscapes we could never dream of experiencing in one lifetime. Reading contributes to a better quality of life, impacts on our health, our spirit educational opportunities and well-being. It connects us to each other and our own humanity. I have seen firsthand through working with refugee children forced to travel and surviving alone without family what a transformational impact escaping into a book can have in helping them to keep hope alive in unimaginable, unstable situations they should never have to face. To hear a child laugh and reconnect to childhood in these harsh circumstances is life-affirming. It is out of this instinct that I created a magical story hive in my book, Where the River Runs Gold, where children take refuge whenever they need. However, for millions of children across the globe, especially those in displaced and living in war-torn countries, access to this story hive of books is closed to them. I want every child to be able to reach for that book that brings them light. That's why this World Book Day, Thursday the 5th of March, I'm supporting Book Aid International. Their fundraising efforts mean more children and young people will have access to books. Every day I'm inspired by the stories children have to tell. And being a part of World Book Day means we can spend the enjoyment of reading even further. Just £2 helps send another book, giving children the opportunity to read, learn and have fun. The Book Aid International website is www.bookaid.com. I apologise, .org. So that's www.bookaid.org. And it has plenty of exciting World Book Day fundraising ideas for schools and parents. So whether you're hosting a big bookie break time or have a sponsored readathon, or run your own unique, unique fundraising event, it will definitely have a positive effect. Cockfosters Station Park plan, car park plans are revealed. Designs have been revealed for the proposed blocks of flats at Cockfosters Station. Connected Living London, a partnership between Transport for London, TfL, 
and developer Granger wants to build up to 370 homes on the tube station's car park in four blocks up to 14 storeys tall. 40% of the new homes will be classified as affordable. While parking spaces for blue badge holders will be retained under the plans, the remaining car park space will be built on. The build-to-rent scheme, one of several housing projects planned for tube stations across London, was first announced in June last year and has since attracted significant local controversy. More than 2,300 people have signed a petition set up by Cotfosters Local Area Residents Association calling for the development to be stopped. The main concern is the impact upon commuters who travel into the station by car. Surveys carried out by TfL show three-quarters of people who use Cotfosters station car park travel in from outside the M25, with less than a fifth coming from Enfield and Barnet. Around 95% of car park users have a rail station closer to their home than Cotfosters, and TfL claims the development would cut down on car journeys. It would also provide new public spaces, trees and greenery, as well as improving pedestrian access to nearby Trent Park. Ben Tate, head of Build to Rent at TfL, said the development will provide hundreds of new homes that the capital desperately needs. He added, the homes are being specifically designed to provide housing for those who wish to rent rather than buy, helping meet a growing demand. Local people can have their say on the plans at the, this website, givemyview.com stroke cockfosters. The scheme will need approval by Enfield Council before work can begin. Royal Gunpowder Mills, Waltham Abbey. Here's something I need to find a niece to take me to, I think. I spy Agent Nitrate and spytastic fun at the Royal Gunpowder Mills. Uh, this is from Saturday the 15th of February until Sunday the 23rd of February from 10 till 5 daily. And that's probably spanning the half-term holiday. Every day this February half-term, the historic Gunpowder Mills opens its doors for this spytastic event. Join Agent Nitrate to learn the key skills of how to become a spy by completing your very own mission book. Set in 170 acres of extraordinary landscape, this fascinating place chronicles the history of gunpowder and later explosives and propellants, as well as Cold War secret research and rocketry. Families will be delighted in the mad lab, watching Agent Nitrate demonstrate the very best explosive science, all key information for spies in training. Throughout the day, join the agent's assistants to learn some key tricks, dusting for fingerprints, writing invisible messages and more. Make sure to also visit the brand new obstacle course with agility and problem-solving puzzles designed to test even the most accomplished spies. All visitors can learn about and enjoy the 300 years of history that the Royal Gunpowder Mills has to offer by exploring our various exhibitions. Tour our acclaimed armoury with volunteers who can tell all about this comprehensive collection of firearms from the Civil War onwards. Go to our rocket vault to learn about the top-secret rocketry research that went on here, often straight from scientists who used to work here. For a nominal fee, take the land train tour with experienced guides taking you to hidden parts of the site, which is a scheduled monument and a site of special scientific interest, rich in history and wildlife habitats. Watch out for deer and other wildlife. Free car park and the Gunpowder Cafe is serving great food all day. Open from 10 till 5. Admission is free for kids under the age of 3. Tickets include a range of good value family tickets and concessions. Check the website www.royalgunpowdermills.com for showtimes, parking information and updates to the programme. Tickets can be purchased on the day through our Eventbrite page or use your 12-month season ticket. If you decide on the day you'd like one, go back to the ticket pod to be issued your season ticket and your admission for that day is free. And don't forget to consider gift-aiding any ticket. Helping you stay safe. 
Enfield Street Watch is a new style of community partnership led by the community for the community. The scheme brings together to help sorry the scheme brings people together to help make streets and open places safer for everyone. The patrol-based initiative is backed by the Metropolitan Police and has a proven track record of success in other boroughs. Since its Enfield launch last summer, the scheme has already had successful patrols and received strong support from local businesses, residents, parents and schools. The organisers are now looking for more volunteers to expand into Edmonton Green and increase their existing patrols in Southgate. Volunteers are vetted, insured and receive induction training before they start. They provide a visible, reassuring presence and report anything suspicious or any street care issues in the neighbourhood. If you have a couple of hours or whatever time you can spare and wish to volunteer for administrative support, after-school patrols or patrols at other times for Edmonton Green or Southgate, do please get in touch. Enfield Street Watch also works together with the Community Help Point Scheme, known as CHIPS, to create safer communities in the borough. CHIPS provide more than 200 safe places, such as shops, businesses and civic buildings within the community where young and vulnerable people can go to access support if they are lost, at risk or feel vulnerable. CHIPS has been developed in partnership with police and Enfield Council. Staff at the CHIPS location have been checked by the Disclosure and Barring Service, that's DBS, and trained to help. They display the official logo in their window and can help to access support or let someone wait until they feel comfortable and safe to continue their journey. CHIPS is a nationwide award-winning scheme which has now been running for 14 years in Enfield. Katerina, owner of La Dolce Piazza Cafe in Edmonton Green, that has been part of the scheme since it started in 2006, said, I think it's important that local businesses support the community and young and vulnerable people know that there's always somewhere to go if help is needed when they are out and about in the community. We've reached the end of our programme for the week. Thank you for listening. So from the team of Catherine, Ros, Patricia, Romany and Em on the controls, it's goodbye. Please remember to turn over the address label in your postal packet. Put the memory stick into the packet in a closed position and return it to us as soon as possible in readiness for the next edition. Don't forget you can call Diane de Jersey regarding any help you may require in connection with Enfield Talking Newspaper on 020-8805-6578. Coming up next, the latest news and information for the Greater London area from InfoSound. The Enfield Talking Newspaper will be with you again in one week's time. <laughs>